Hello, and welcome to another episode of Three Wise DMs, the podcast where three dungeon masters who've been playing for <laughs> way too long talk about all the things we do to try to make our games as good as they can be. I'm Thorne, and I'm joined by... Tony. What would you think if I sang out a tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song And I'll try not to sing out a key Oh, I get by with a little help from my friends mm, I get high with a little help from my friends mm, I'm gonna try with a little help from my friends A little help from my friends <laughs> That is Dave, the rock and roll DM, giving us, you know, I don't even know the name of that song, but I know my dad and my color crushes in full effect again. Oh, uh, no, with a little help from my friends. Is that what it is? Just yeah, with yeah. a little help from my friends? Yep. Because it was the theme. I know, I mean, I've heard it a thousand times. Great song. Theme from the Wonder Years, though, is how I think anyone in our age group really Absolutely. Works. Yeah, the, uh, so obviously a Beatles tune initially from Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Bland. Band. Uh, Bland? Bland? The Bland. Which was supposed, it was like they're weird, they're not the Beatles on this record, they're this band, whatever. And that song is sung by Billy Shears, who's this person that doesn't show up ever again. It's just very, I don't, they were just high. Um, (laughs) And then obviously super, uh, super big recording for Joe Cocker, um, which that was the version on the Wonder Years, which is, tell you the truth, I mean, like, Ringo's awesome, but like Joe Cocker, dude, if he sings your song, that's it. Like Ringo doesn't have a great voice to begin with. So, you know, hey, I do think that's one of those cases where the definitive version is not the one the Beatles. Yeah, yeah it, no, absolutely. Yeah. Good song, though. Good song. Good song to start us off here, because to this week we are talking about what's the best way to approach adding some little DM help to the party? Is it better to do a DMPC, which we've talked about at length before? Or delve into this new mechanic from Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, the sidekick mechanic, which is almost like your own different class for a, for effectively a DM NPC. <laughs> In a way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they gave the DM their own class to play with, with its own specializations. This is essentially what the sidekick role uh, kind of is. So, this and they question, hit it in the little DM section of the book too, to like yes. try to hide it from the players with they class made it options. Very clear, this is not for <laughs> players. This is for the DMs. This is the DM section. It's a DM DM sidekick. Yet I have well, so there is also a video out there, uh, which we could try to find a link to, that does talk about how you can utterly break your campaign by getting your DM to give you a sidekick. So that's another thing. So there's there's some power in this little side class if you want to if you want to take it that way. But this comes to us from a listener question and this came in this is uh the listener is going by minnesota dm and they say they love the show so thank you thank you Woo. the tithe has been paid mm. we'll take pay that us. to heart pay us our, our... <laughs> what's that whatever the fuck you call it i don't know tithe yes it's whatever the sacrifice know. yes uh, you know something <laughs> our required uh the, the, the price has been paid our required ablations Oh, yes, yes, there you go. This is just the compliments. You know, we like hearing that you guys listen. We like hearing that you guys enjoy this, enjoy the show and that you get stuff out of it. But so this came in through our website, through our What's Your Problem field on threewisedms.com. If any of you listening would like to send us a question to talk about, you want to hear us uh, maybe, maybe get our input on some of the issues you might be seeing in your own game, please feel free to send it in. We love taking listener questions. You can do it at our website, threewisedms.com, to center it in the What's Your Problem field, or you can send us an email at threewisedms at gmail.com. Or you can just talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're very active on all of those social networks, and we're constantly pulling in, in questions and things like that from there. So if you'd like us to cover your question next, go ahead and send it in. This week is Minnesota DM's time, and Minnesota DM has this to say. I run an on-and-again, off-again campaign for my 13-year-old kids and a friend of theirs. The party is a half-orc fighter, dragonborn sorcerer, and an elf sorcerer. They're a little light on healing power. I gave the party a healing staff early on and have dropped plenty of healing potions for the party to find and apothecaries to restock. 
Up until now, though, the elf has played the quasi-healer. When the last arc ended, he said he was tired of being the healer and wanted to be more of a war mage, but was afraid of the party getting TPK'd because there's no healer. I said I'd come up with something, and my something is a half-born cleric named Anya Thistlenaut who rides into battle on a mastiff. My question is this. Do I make her a DM NPC or a sidekick character? I'm new to DMing in D&D, so I'm not familiar with how either one of these would work. And that's actually a really great question, because i got to tell you, I have the same question myself now, delving into this new DM class in Tasha's, the sidekick class, because it does work very differently than the DMPC would. I mean, traditionally, the DMPC is something you make and you give a character class to and you effectively play it like a, a PC you're controlling and it levels up with the characters. Now, this levels up, a sidekick does level up with the characters, but levels up on its own table with its own abilities, totally different. And in some ways, it's a class they wouldn't have access to on their own. So, you know, it's kind of an interesting choice to make a uh, choice to make here as far as which one of these do you want to build. And guys, what do you think? You know, breaking down uh, Minnesota DM's problem here, you you thinking DMPC or sidekick? Well, the prospect's very interesting. They kind of gave the DM something to work with, you know, where they can have a new kind of unique, more detailed, fleshed out type of NPC without literally making them manage an entire other character separately. Mm-hmm. Because there is some work in that. A lot of character choices where this seems much more straightforward. But on the flip side of this, if that's if you, it's going to be, I think that's the strength of that is if you are going to be DMing this campaign exclusively beginning to end. But if you're going to be trading this off with someone, then if you had an NPC who was a player character class normally, then you could just pivot to that character during that time. Mm, true. And that is one of the big things. I mean, because you've done that with uh, with Erasmus, with the wizard turned half storm giant, where Erasmus was a DMPC in one campaign, but he's actually your PC in another campaign. Two other campaigns, as a matter of fact. Tony, so, I'll take that real quick. He's a full storm giant. Thank you very much. Thank God someone wrote that. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a, he is a, I, I wrote those stats. He is a, he is, he is like a pint size. Tony, he's infused with upset. essence of storm giant. Tony's very upset when he hears half storm giant. So I just <laughs> wanted to get ahead of that. One of these days he'll be Tony, big like the other storm giants. Yeah, Tony, you can take it away. Go ahead. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> offensive, but that, that that's okay. But yeah, no, I started off in Thorn's campaign and uh, I played that character for five levels and then that ca- that campaign ended and then i started my own campaign brought the players up to level five i snuck him as npc and then brought him up uh, to about level nine or i then dropped him into woodstock wanderers well actually there was kind of technically two erasmuses there because one went at the end of the campaign with you and i kind of had to size him down and stuff him over there but that that's neither here nor there yeah, this is this is Erasmus across the multiverse at this point. Tom, that was we did have Erasmus in two active campaigns at the same time, didn't we? For a short period there, didn't we? Multiverse theory. Before days. we ended uh, Storm Kings. That's yep. funny. I forgot that. Well, it's, I mean, it's not really that big a deal because they were technically there. They should have they, they they were kind of leveling up as different characters. There was some crossover where it got a little messy. Yeah. But at that point, it's just it's it's the same character who's two different characters, sort of. Yeah. So with that, you just have to be really careful. You're not going to give yourself anything too goofy that you're not going to be able to carry over into another campaign, which is exactly what I did. I gave myself a bunch of goofy shit, but I give it to everybody. So we all had goofy shit. And it was the balanced IRS campaign A. It wasn't balanced a campaign. When he jumped on the dragon, when the straight wizard tried to wrestle a dragon out of the sky to the ground with wrestling. Well, as we saw, we out. saw it in the in our more recent All Star game as well, where we had the uh, storm, some of the Storm King's characters and some of the Curse of Strahd characters, and we saw the power differential in terms of uh, of high magic items and such. You know, it happens. Tony is a generous DM. We will say that. Hey, Absolutely, you know, that's one of the fun parts of uh, being a DM for me. What can I say? Ah, I, I totally agree. It just makes it does make it hard when you have a d- campaigns with different power levels, but well, that's part of what you got to figure out, and that's part of the fun too, I think. So, what about you, Dave? What do you uh, what, what do you think here as far as this choice, DMPC or Sidekick? Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of uh, I don't play with DMPCs really at all. I am playing, you know, I play plenty of NPCs that might come with the party at times, but. The DMPC, just because that's a lot of work. And I know that's something that Tony enjoys because one, as he said, he allow, it allows him to get a little bit of a temperature 
on the campaign to a degree because he's, you know, he has an active character in it in a way that's leveling with them. But it also, I think in some ways, lets him play too. He wants, we all want to play, we all want to make characters. We want to play different classes. And if you're like Tony, a lot of times the forever DM, I mean, not anymore. You know, the guy's pining to run a game, I think, at this point. <laughs> but, you know, he gets a couple one-shots that we throw as crumbs down to him as he's chained to the floor as a player now. But That was um, terrible. But, oh, yeah, he uh, hates that. He totally hates that, yeah. But for me... <laughs> Stop uh, running games for me. Damn it. <laughs> for me, the DMPC, is, it's a lot, that's a lot of work. You know, that's just more, uh, that's just more bandwidth uh, that I'm having to run with in the game. This sidekick mechanic I dig because it's a way streamlined version of that. The first thing I will say, the first thing that jumped to me is uh, this party, this this three-person party that DM, uh, Minnesota DM is running. Son or daughter? 13-year-old. I don't know. But uh, for 13-year-old kids. 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 So it could be um, Who knows? Yeah. They have one fighter and two sorcerers. Yeah, they're going to need somebody else. Because it reminds me of the Frostman campaign where I have one barbarian that decided to put one of the really nice stats they have in intelligence, uh, you know, character <laughs> reasons, not to get into it, you know, but, you know, it's Bonnie's character. That's all I'll say. That you was know. not all the barbarian. Uh, yeah. She's the, but, only uh, barbar- she's only one from her tribe in Mensa. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's, it's for good reason. It's for good reason. But, uh, you know, a barbarian. Then at full boat, I got two clerics, a druid and a sorcerer. So, you know, it's not a tank party, right? You don't have a lot of people going, you know, belly up to the sea hag, let's say. So, you know, with one fighter, you're definitely going to need a sidekick. Uh, and my thought is, I don't know about the, a cleric or something or a healer as much as, like, put a freaking warrior in there for him. So, like, that's a good way to heal by not letting them get hit as much. But regardless... Uh, yeah, I his, like this, uh, hitting this, someone else is just as good as healing, right? I mean, right, you know, yeah. I mean, one, you're going to take out the the bad guy much quicker. And two, you can, you know, you can soak up some of that damage, maybe get a second wind. I don't know if they get that as the warrior. But, but I like it because it's this, like, kind of streamlined one. It plays very much like a sidekick. So where Tony with, like, the DMPC... They'll be they'll get shares of the treasure, shares of the magic item. I don't know if the sidekick necessarily has to get that same level of stuff. And the DM can play it, but so can the players. You could literally take Anya Thistleknot and you could be running it that game because no big deal. But let's say you got a lot of stuff going on that game. You could hand it over to one of the kids and say, here, you're Anya, you know, tonight because because you are. And they could easily, I think, run it as a second character almost. I mean, I think the pros and cons, I think we've kind of laid out some of the pros and cons of the DMPC here pretty well so far. It is nice that you have a character in the game who can just be one if someone else DMs your character, or we could hand off to someone else as just a straight player character, and they're not off in the DM special section of the book. On the other hand, I will say, I don't, when I look at the sidekick character, I don't know if I would call it more streamlined, but it's like its own unique class. They basically have it set up as a class with subclasses for expert, spellcaster, and warrior. And warrior, yeah. <laughs> but if you, and you when you go through that stuff, though, a lot of the stuff they have is, like, specific to what you would want a sidekick to be doing. So, for example, the expert gets to use help as a bonus action, and then a few levels later, they get to use, whenever they use help as a bonus action, they do bonus damage when they hit something. So now you kind of have a character who works off giving the regular PCs advantage and then also does more damage when they give another PC, when they give a PC advantage. So you have some things in here that are like, they're really specific to being a good sidekick versus being a PC character. Being another kind of like character, that. yeah. I mean, the, the, the spellcaster gets, um, you know, you can actually... Uh, you can choose what kind of spellcaster it is. is. Is it a mage, healer, or, quote, prodigy, which is like a bard and a warlock? Yeah, it's so like your buffs. Your, it seems like your buff classes, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, some of it's buff, some of it's damage dealing, but, like, you get some neat stuff. And you get stuff that, yeah, that works better with other PCs. Like, you get a more cooperative PC class than you do mm. just take a DMPC, I think. Then again, I'm looking at the spellcaster one. I'll tell you what, it just gets some nice six level. You can just add your ability modifier to the damage you deal with your cantrip. That's actually better than, than most wizard cantrips. But they're uh, also, I mean, but it's streamlined in a way because they are like, for instance, the spellcaster, they're not having the same level of all of the spells that you have to figure out yeah, and keep true, track right. of and run, right? You get like, you know, a handful 
and you can just you can spam them all day and maybe you got a couple leveled spells if you're a healer or you can you know blast a fireball out maybe something like that yeah and you get a kind of a spells known and and a progression on the spellcaster so it's a little bit yeah so you only know those spells and you have access to those spells so it's a little bit easier than say trying to play a wizard where you've got to memorize spells every morning yeah it just seems like it's kind of like it's neat that they give you some of these things that kind of work well with other pe- with other players it's yeah, actually really, funny. I'm actually just as we're kind of starting to discuss this, I just get these, you know, you get these little insights or these little, huh, I wonder if that would work. But like we're going to be running. I'm going to be running like a one shot to uh, introduce my mom to D&D. Yeah. Right. So it's going to be Chris and Matt and Bon and my mom and I'll be running the game. Uh, I was telling Tony about it a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm using pregens like I've talked about before, just because it'll, it'll be easier to to onboard everybody but um as we're going through this i'm like huh i wonder if you could make a whole party of just sidekicks and run them on the sidekick mechanics like what would that look like i don't know it's just one of those there's huh i wonder what that looks like i mean well, you, I, sur- you could there's nothing really stopping you from giving this to a pc as a pc class from what i can say you would i mean essentially and maybe i'm looking at this the wrong way but you'd be less powerful than a core pc because you are indeed dare i say a sidekick like if you exactly. look, right? If you look at the warrior. He at twentieth level. He's not. He or she's not getting four attacks around. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so they definitely have certain things, but yeah, they're not going to outshine because again, sidekick. They're not going to outshine the the PC. Yeah, the main the main heroes of the story. I don't know. I'm looking through here, and I'm like, I could probably find some ways to outshine the PC if I really want. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just depending, just depending on what you wanted to accomplish. I am trying to figure out what the um, what the hit die is for the sidekick. It's what you get one each each level. I don't know what the die itself is though. Okay, it, no, it, it depends was. on the on the kind of the subclass you picked. And uh, a twentieth level sidekick, who if it's a spellcaster and a wizard, could cast wish. How about it? Yeah, I mean, a sidekick who can cast wish is pretty badass. As they should be if they've been a sidekick for twenty levels. <laughs> Just, I mean, you put in your time, man. Eat that meteor swarm. Yeah, you put in your time at this point. I mean, I love the experts, the the, the, the extra damage the expert does when it helps. <laughs> it just looks like it's really devastating. Well, that and then you're giving advantage. And depending on what the party makeup looks like, that advantage could become uh, crippling to the big bad. Could be. Could be. Yeah. And so easy your party gets advantage. Exactly. But it's just, yeah, the sidekick just, it does have some neat abilities and that it's so different from like what the PC, what the PCs are playing otherwise, as far as if you want to bring a DM PC. So it's really, do you want to bring something that's really specifically made to be a sidekick, or do you want to bring something that is more PC-like that you can kind of swap in and out and have someone else play if they want to as a P, as a normal PC rather than a than a sidekick? I for me, that's absolutely it because as I said, I really don't want to have to run a whole nother PC. Mm-hmm. I'm already running all the whole goddamn world. Um, so a sidekick is definitely something. And as I said, I said this precast Thor, when we were talking, I said, I also kind of like the idea. So DMPC or an NPC or something like that, it kind of comes along with this idea sometimes because the DM is playing them that they have access to information in the world, or they're going to be possibly the way secrets and clues could be unloaded into the party. And I, you know, I like the idea that the sidekick is separate from that. They could still possibly have information for you, but I don't think it brings the same level of thinking that, you know, this, this expectation that they will. And like I said before, the same reason you could like Tony, I don't think he could have necessarily, you could, but he couldn't take Erasmus and give it to like me and have me playing both Roderick and Erasmus for the whole game. You could, but that would be kind of tough, right? Because now I have to learn this whole other character with a whole set of, of abilities and spells and all of this, where the sidekick does this, 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 right? They heal somebody, they cast a spell, they hit something, the end. And then and now I'm also going to help somebody too, right? Mm-hmm. There's not nearly the same level of, of homework that has to be done to try to run that person. 
And I'm pretty sure helping somebody, healing somebody, or attacking somebody are the three different classes. That's more of an or than an and. I yeah, think. no, you're doing yeah. one of those things depending on who you are. You know, whether you're Steve or Gary or Brad. You know, those are. Well, it's sort of like, I mean, so I guess if you're a player who's picking up the sidekick and controlling the sidekick, it's kind of one step up from running a familiar, right? I mean, because the familiar, I mean, you have some similar kinds of decisions with the familiar, but I would say, like, so someone, Phineas has uh, his familiar Patty, the the, yeah. the imp, and he runs around and uses the help action all the time. I would much rather him have the sidekick mechanic than the familiar mechanic. That seems way better. He would be way more powerful. Absolutely. Sure. Way more powerful. Well, he wouldn't be invisible as often. So, I mean, maybe that's a trade-off. Whereas yeah. right now, he's pretty much always invisible. He would, You would have to be attacking more often to get the bonus of that help action if he's an expert. Well, I'm sure that spellcaster can learn invisibility somehow, you know? <laughs> well, he would still have it. He'd just lose it every time he attacked. Yeah. The, the imp has, I think the imp and the sprite both have invisibility as an action anytime they want it. It just only lasts until they attack or cast a spell. Item interactions is the way to go with those. So, I mean, we've played with the NPCs quite a lot at this point. Have you guys seen any negatives to them, though? Like, any, I mean, we really, as much as we played with Erasmus and, and, and you know, Tony's the NPCs so often, I never felt like the horror stories came around. You know, all the things that players are afraid of happening with a DMPC, I never, we haven't seen. Well, I think there's a couple of things that could really go south on this. One, there may be a potential problem when the DMNPC is doing something especially cool within the game. It, you know, there is a degree on how well that will be received in the party because it is essentially, whether it's, it's labeled directly or that or not, the DM's character. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, well, you know, you this is your favorite character. Oh, my God, this is your character. You know, that <laughs> that, that could be an issue. And then I found two things really to counter that were happening. One, you went up intentionally underpowering your character so that someone's getting something cool, someone else is getting something cool, and you get yourself something meh. And then that character really isn't so well on par with everybody else, just exactly for that reason. But that same in the other way, too, Tone, because I could see now you, I felt balanced with, for instance, like Erasmus, right? Because that's our most recent DMPC that we've really played with. I think you balanced it well because I could see how it could very quickly turn into a problem where when you find treasure, you find magic items, you get stuff. And all of a sudden now the DMPC is also getting something, too. And now you have to feel like you have to break it up amongst the party. And then also the DM is also getting things. Now, you would place things in there that would only be that Erasmus would use. So like when we got a treasure bounty. You know, we'd have a bunch of magic items and then like some sort of spell scroll or something that only a wizard could utilize. Um, but I could quickly see how where you're saying the character, you know, you would in essence, you know, underperform. I could also see how it could quickly go to overperform and how that could be looked at as a little like uh, seriously, dude, like is what are we doing here? Well, I think the, the real key there is if you're going to run a DMPC, you have to make sure it's never competing with the players. You kind of got to yeah. keep the wraps on it. And that was like, I mean, Erasmus was not underpowered compared to the party, but Erasmus also didn't overshadow the party in Storm King's Thunder. Mm. It played kind of like, he only kind of really kind of used his extra powers when they were needed. Um, and that, I think, is a real key to doing that correctly. Because as soon as the players feel like, oh, I'm fighting with the DMPC over treasure, or oh, the DMPC is cutting into my experience, or oh, the DMPC is cooler than I am and he gets all the kills, then you have a problem. Playing the DMPC is sort of kind of a little bit of a um, kind of a sandbagging kind of character. Someone who kind of like, you know, is there when they need it, but isn't necessarily blowing people away right from the beginning is, I think, really important. Mm. I, I think that's very well said because I, I've said this before. When I was playing Erasmus, you didn't really get the full Erasmus. Yeah. You, you got it in your game where I was looking to do shit, where I was dropping fireballs and hitting 11 monsters at once and stuff like that. Or when I'm playing Hawk in Dave's game, I am looking to like outmaneuver all of the other tanks and I'm all over the spellcaster in the back and stuff like that. Mm. But as the DMNPC, I'd probably make more conservative moves and leave that to the players. I think that's, that's the key to anything like this, whether it's the sidekick or the DMPC is not overshadowing the players. And it does maybe look like maybe that is a little easier with the sidekick for starters, because you flat out call it a sidekick instead of your own PC, right? 
Yeah, I mean, Robin is never going to outshadow Batman, right? I mean, it's just not going to happen. He has to literally turn into a whole other person called Nightwing, right? And so, then like, and then you're like a full class, and you have levels and all of these, all these abilities, right? No, but like I said before, the idea, and again, you can absolutely partition this in your mind, and you can compartmentalize as the DM and players can as well, and I get that. But still, when I was talking to Erasmus in Storm King's Thunder, I also happened to be talking to the man who wrote the adventure and was running it and knew all of the secrets and clues and ways in which to get out of that. So Tony had to play this tap dance game where he's this brilliant wizard that has to not know shit a lot of the time, right? Where now when I ask Erasmus stuff as Beam in Woodstock, well, now he can start to say, well, what do I know about that, Thorin? You know, and then he gets to utilize his wizard abilities. And for me, when you're the DMPC or an NPC in that way, it's different because the sidekick is always going to kind of be that more bumbling. I'm going to ask you because you know stuff better than I do, guy, as opposed to another big hero, you know, that's run by the DM. I don't know if it's just like a flavor thing, but for me, it kind of changes it in my mind. If the person, if I'm bringing in a sidekick and I'm playing that, I feel like the players are going to approach it like a sidekick, not a possible storehouse of knowledge. So you don't think you're ever going to wind up playing your sidekick like Penny to the player's Inspector Gadget? (laughs) Interesting analogy. That's a good one. That's a good one because, yeah, like that, she's actually the PC in that. Well, so, well she, yeah. I want to say she's the PC, but she's the one who does no, the yeah, she's the one who like, the stuff. He's the bumbling idiot. I yeah. feel like wasn't there another one that does that too? Whereas like they got like a dog sidekick, and the dog is constantly saving the main the main cartoon character. Well, I feel like Danger Mouse was a little like that with Penfold. Like <laughs> Penfold was kind of like this one. Anyway, we're going. We're really dating ourselves with those cartoons. Well, we might be dating ourselves, but I also think that this is. I don't think this is irrelevant because when you start thinking about a sidekick character, you're going to want to start modeling it, right? Yeah. So you yeah. start digging into okay, so who are the sidekicks we know? And yeah, we go to the easy ones batman and robin sure but what about the ones that get a little more that that, where the sidekick is a little more you know because you often have players playing the cloud right you often have the pc team where they're clowning around and not moving stuff forward and maybe you do need a sidekick who can step in and kind of point them in the right direction i've literally never had that happen with whether I was a player or running a game. I've never no, seen players clowning around whatsoever. Never. No, absolutely. I, I, that sounds literally insane. Now, I however, guess. Chris, who runs our Marvel superheroes game, he absolutely has. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad for him. <laughs> I don't know if I feel bad. I think we're playing the game he wants to when play. When he revisits <laughs> some of the things we've called stuff in the game, I, I'm like, oh, Christ. We did rip off the uh, super high-intensity team from uh, from Critical Role. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think that one of the a good facet or good uh, way to frame a sidekick is giving them some degree of a flaw. And what am I talking about hmm. that? One of the best sidekicks so, uh, that was in the um, Eternal Night campaign I played in back in the day was Beef the Knoll. And Beef, yeah. while incredibly tough, was dumb as a pile of bricks. Now, this guy was incredibly tough, loyal, a skilled warrior. And where did he wander off? Oh, crap. We lost him. Like he saw like a rabbit and he's chasing it now. And that, that, fly. Yeah. No, I mean, stuff like that. You don't you want one of the ways you don't let the DMPC or the uh, sidekick outshine any of the players themselves is perhaps. Yes, I'm comparable to you in swordsmanship and strength. But, you know, um, you know, like, like you have some other flaw. For example, I played Erasmus. I play Erasmus was technically brilliant, but I played him like that physics nerd who tried to explain things to people, and they're like, "Yeah, well, you see." And then I get the chart out and start like, you know, doing string with the tacks and everything. He wasn't very relatable. And then like you try to explain to the Storm King about how like indoor plumbing and like heating aqua, you know, and stuff like that. And he's like, "What? What are you talking about?" <laughs> it just it just didn't. It can't be as balanced as some of the PCs at least would like to be. So, I mean, is your, your sidekick, should it be comic relief, essentially? Comic relief and kind of... It's a low-hanging fruit. Yeah. And, and we mean that in a good way, I think, right? I mean, we, we uh, general party consensus here, I don't mind taking low-hanging fruit when I'm DMing. 
Right, that you're just begging for that cobalt sidekick there. That does crazy, you know. <laughs> that could definitely be fun. That would be great. Yeah, just have him be a cobalt something. Cobalt, a cobalt who thinks a cobalt <laughs> following the Dragonborn PC who thinks the Dragonborn PC is an actual is it, dragon. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's trying to win their favor the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I mean, it, it does. I've got to say, it does. Uh, when you start putting it together, it kind of sounds more fun to play the sidekicky kind of character the, than the DMPC. The Although there's nothing stopping you from playing a DMPC this way either. No, just to finish, round that out. So you got the kobold. You make them be a spellcaster. They become mm-hmm. the prodigy. So they're taking Eldritch Blast and stuff. And the dragonborn fighter, is, or not that their dragonborn was a sorcerer, is their they feel is their patron. It's not, but they feel <laughs> like it's their patron. So they're constantly like making sure everything is good. You know, can I get you another cup of tea? Something like that. So Deacon was the most famous kobold sidekick. He was a bard, actually, in Neverwinter Nights. It was in third edition the uh, for the PC. And what was the hallmark of him? Well, he wasn't brilliant and he was hilarious. <laughs> All of his dialogue was hilarious. That's the fun part to play. It's even like, uh, what, Jeskier in uh, Witcher, right? Oh, the, the bar, yeah. The bar. The bar, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he has kind he of a sidekick flavor, songs, right? He yeah. jokes. He gets beat yeah. up when the monster shows up. He's got the sidekick flavor, definitely. Well, I think that allows, so if I think that could be a really great dynamic. So, for example, like, Chris had always talked about he wanted to play Scar, or at least he originally had imagined, which didn't happen, as this like this serious knight. And if he had like another character in the party who was like sidekick-ish, who was kind of an ass, then you know that perhaps, and it was like a campaign, it was a smaller campaign, that dynamic would have worked. I think it would have flowed much easier because you can't have a party of six hard asses that are always walking around, never smiling, always serious. Like, seriously, why does Batman stand out in the Justice League? Because his demeanor is is unique. He was the only one who was like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that and he knows all the secrets. And he'll kill you. Yes. (laughs) He will kill you. And plus, he's paying for the Justice League. He's also the landlord. He's the, he's the one paying. When they tell Lex Luthor the Justice League will, will, will reimburse you, Batman's the one reimbursing him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it doesn't always... I mean, even though the default generally, because with the whole idea of sidekick, the default is generally comic relief, or they're a little more bumbling, or they're kind of that type of character. Uh, it doesn't have to be either, because you could easily have him just be one of the people that's like a bondsman of the of that person, right? Like they've just mm-hmm. sworn their sword to them. And that's it. I've been I've been relating it to uh, Last Kingdom a lot because I'm just actively it's one of the shows I'm actively watching now. But like Uhtred, all the guys surrounding him, Citric and Finnan and all these people, those are sidekicks. I mean, you could play them as other PCs, but they're kind of sidekicks and they follow his lead and they're very good at what they do. But the person could also be, depending on the type of, of campaign you run, they don't have to be the comic relief. They could be the conscience of that character as well. Who's constantly, you know, is that really what you want to do? You know, do, is that the best call for you right now or for us or anything like that? You know, good point. I still feel like that sidekick is a little bit, you know, kind of, kind of maybe sarcastic, maybe not quite sarcastic, but, uh, you know, uh, over the top drawl. I, my Lord, would you like me to clean the shitter, my Lord? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, they have to describe Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. 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 There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm thinking of the depressed robot from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Well, that's all of, all of these quality <laughs> sidekicks. You do have, I mean, I do feel like the sidekick does give you the ability to do some neat stuff that may, you could do with the DMPC, but maybe it doesn't lend itself as well. The sidekick lends itself well to the really out there sort of interpretation. Well, because of its streamlined, like we discussed, though, and the things are a little bit more boxed in with less decisions, what that does is it kind of frees up the DM bandwidth to focus more on that character's personality. Which does bring us to that other aspect of this, which is, do you have time to create a sidekick or DMPC with a lot of personality? Because I know, like, there's been a few times, like, when I put, like, for instance, I put a pseudo-dragon in the mm. Woodstock Wanderers who immediately, like, he, he had some lines for a little while and he got lost somewhere just because I was too busy doing other stuff to really do him justice. So if you're going either of these routes, can you give these characters enough personality to do them justice in the party? I would not introduce a character that you cannot do justice to. 
And I have intentionally cut characters out of my stories because I felt they would have kind of, dare I say, came in a bit half-baked. Mm. So, like, you mean, like, literally, like, what, like, you're like, I want an NPC here, but you're thinking ahead, you're like, I, it doesn't feel like he's done, I don't have him, I'm going to have to work too hard to run him during the game and just kind of cut that, that NPC out? Uh, that's exactly right. If that NPC was just to do something, provide information, I would find another way for them to get that information rather than be introduce an NPC. Or I'm just creating an NPC that's going to be forgotten in five games. Oh, we talked to this person, and, and when, when is this person going to swing around again? I have no idea. Maybe, maybe never. <laughs> well, then how about you have like 10 NPCs and they're all memorable? Yeah, you'd rather have fewer, more memorable NPCs than more NPCs and less, fewer that are memorable, which impacts this conversation because if you're going to have a sidekick or a DMPC in the party, they better be memorable. Well, yeah, but we've said yeah. this before, too. I, I mean, I, not to oversell the idea that we bring, we bring in these amazing NPCs or sidekicks or PCs or anything that are or villains or anything that are so memorable when they come in, they're memorable because of what happens as they bounce into the party. And they become memorable because the party decided they were memorable. Like, I, you know, I don't think anybody thought Blinsky was going to be as goddamn memorable as he was in Curse of Strahd, except... I was surprised. Bonnie's character, little one, <laughs> glommed on to, to Blinsky. So she constantly will bring up Blinsky all the time. It becomes a memorable character, right? So... You know, I don't think that we'd have you don't have to necessarily have this whole psychological profile of who is this person and how are they going to react. You bring someone in because you're trying to balance out the party. I mean, that's why you're bringing in sidekicks. Right. I mean, just like Minnesota DM talks about you're trying to provide something, especially because one of the players feels like they're just turning into a heel bot and they don't want to go that route. OK, perfect time. So you bring in this Anya Thistle knot. I mean, right off the bat, it's this character that rides in on a mastiff. I mean, that alone, there's there's memorability right there, right off the bat, without her without her saying a goddamn word. You know, I'm thinking back to the All-Star game, and this isn't an NPC, but the PC, um, Luke's PC, um, Lord Foot. So what did he call himself, actually? Lightfoot. Lightfoot. Lightfoot, but I, Lord Foot, I called him the whole time. That was right. pretty funny. But what happens? He's this halfling thief. Rides in on a goddamn pony, right? Like just the initial entry of this character made it memorable right off the bat, much less what happened during the adventure. So I think with sidekicks, NPCs, DMPCs, same thing. Have an idea of who this person is, but then let the party kind of decide what's memorable about them and play off of them in that way, you know? Yeah, that's difficult to see what is going to bite in your campaign. That's like trying to pick what toy is going to be cool next Christmas going into, like, the summer. You're like, mm, how about these Cabbage Patch Doll Edition 10? Is right. this it? You don't know. Yeah, you're you're trying to pick, you know, you're trying to decide what flu is going to be rampant next season for the flu vaccine kind of thing, right? Like, well, you got a 50-50 shot. I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, but throwing back to your one with Quickster. Yeah, the he suitor. Was, he, suitor was not, the he wasn't a pseudo. He was a... Um, was he a fairy dragon? Fairy dragon, yeah. Okay, yeah. I remember he first showed right, up. Right, he yeah, saved, yeah. He saved our bacon because he turned himself into like this huge dragon and scared away our, our enemies. But um, what you do run it, this goes back again to my idea of the DMPC, why I would take sidekick more is with that type of character. We kept going back to him to try to find information and to find like plot leads and adventure hooks because he kind of gave us some. So well, we don't know what we're doing, so let's go back and talk to Quickster again. So at some point, you had to be like, "Oh uh, yeah, he's he he went away. I don't know. He's hibernating. Whatever." Well, he wound up you know? not going with you after you left the um, temple. The temple, yeah, yeah. He's a, he he was he was back at the temple somewhere. He had taken you to the. And I'm sorry, because so so for for our listeners, because this is very out of context. So yeah, it was uh, through the Woodstock Wanderers. They had to go to a temple to get an ancient orb that would help them put the great old one we've talked to many times, Gadanathwa, back to sleep. Quickster's the one who helped them get there. Mm -hmm. And up through that, for a few adventures, he was around and he, he did some stuff. And then they're like, is Quickster still with us? And I'm like, no, he's uh, <laughs> he stayed outside of the temple. Because <laughs> at some point, like it was it didn't really make sense for him to keep coming forward. I wasn't really using him much anymore. So, um, yeah, I kind of had to I, I kind of had to pull him back and let the party adventure on their own. 
But, you know, you, you don't need to do that. You could have turned him into a sidekick. I didn't. And I hadn't really planned to. Cause I didn't plan for him to be a long term NPC necessarily. Right. right. Um, although he did like the party, you know, at this point, the stuff you're fighting now, he would be basically a squished bug. But, but a good that example. Point, it was essential. A good example, because it's just more that you have to remember, oh, what is Quickster doing as well? I was having the same problem when you guys were transporting Irina in Strahd. Uh, after you left the village of Barovia. Now, I tried to then, you know, do something with her story a little bit, but this would have been a great mechanic to use. I could have turned her into a sidekick at that time because you guys were still, you know, lower levels and still pretty squishy. I could have easily turned her into a sidekick of either, you know, maybe an expert or a warrior because I said she was trying to, like, be a warrior and take up the blade and all of this um easily i could have done that run her or given her to one of you guys to run Mm -hmm. um and i don't think that would have been too much bandwidth on either end for that it also would you know it would have to be something that makes you remember what is she doing because she's an active part of the party now that's the thing once you introduce a sidekick or something you kind of have to think of what they're doing all the time yeah yeah it does it does take bandwidth i always felt like irena would have been i think if i were to dm curse of strahd i mean there's a lot of ways to take her but if i were to Mm -hmm. do it I think I would leave her more or less non-combative, but I would make her probably more influential as far as getting you Politically access and stuff. you to people. Yeah. Yeah. You I'd said that, leverage before. that And it's not a bad call either because you just don't want to, what I was falling into, and this is a little off the side, but still germane to it. Yeah. I think, that, falling, I think it counts here. Yeah. Falling into that idea of like this just damsel in distress. And that's just so over. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I don't mind because that's a that's a valid character if that's the character in the story. But it's just so overplayed and it wasn't interesting me in that way. And I don't think it interests it would have interested the party aside from maybe Sir Scar, who is a knight and wants to do, you know, the honorable thing. Yeah. He wants to protect the damsel in distress. But right. Exactly. It's more it, it, it just like. One way you can have a character be less of a damsel in distress, but still be someone who needs to be protected by the party because she's a protection mission, is to give her more is to give her more political clout. Yeah, political. She's still super squishy, but she's she's got ins, you know, in Balaki. Yeah. Okay, Leia does grab a gun and shoot for herself, but at the end of the day, they have to go rescue Princess Leia. Princess Leia is the queen. You got to protect the queen. If you let the queen get killed, you're going to lose the game. You know, you kind of got you can add that aspect to it where she has her own power, but the party still better protect her or else, you know. Yeah, you can turn her into a Jedi later, you know. (laughs) I I thought what Dave did there in that campaign was actually pretty interesting because then that she took on, she was trying to become a warrior and then um, became part of the party, and now there was a neat dynamic. But yes, now that you have to always think about what she's doing, then now we've added one more person onto the board. And how many people are in Curse of Strahd? Already an ass ton. So cinematically having this whole troop of people is really cool until combat starts and that like I'm waiting, you know, 41 minutes for my turn to come back up. Yeah, yeah. Well, so certainly sometimes where if Irina is on the board and easily seen, Strahd should probably just come up and ride by and throw her over his horse and fly off with her. <laughs> Which he attempted several times. I mean, it's you know, like it's it's bait. You're literally just yeah. holding a huge target on your backs for, you know, for no reason, really. Because <laughs> it's, it's what heroes do. I mean, that's literally the reason, you know, but. Well, you got to protect her. I mean, you can't you, you, you can't uh, thwart Strahd without saving Irina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, if, if you don't save Irina, you just haven't called Strahd maximum pain, which is what he deserves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, playing her as like a sidekick and even giving her to one of the players, I think, is a valid um, a valid thing because it's not something that they would have to do a lot with. Yeah. Just kind of having them decide what she does and kind of basically she follows that character's orders, essentially. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, we've been going on for a little bit here. Actually, more material in sidekicks than I thought we were going to have. I think it's time we get to some final thoughts. So what are your final thoughts on DMPC versus sidekick, and what should Minnesota DM do? Well, I think that uh, the sidekick mechanic is pretty interesting. Uh, I have been a fan of the DMPC in the past. I guess that, that brings up to my original question, is the Minnesota DM going to be the DM of this campaign for the long game? If it that's sounds the case, like yes. It, it sounds like yeah then I feel like that perhaps the sidekick option is better. Uh, I would, however, any character that you're adding, whether it be the DM and PC or the sidekick, make sure that that one has a personality 
at least a, a foundation you can grow from and then can have cool moments with your party. Flaws like they're goofy or just comedic in nature or perhaps they get into trouble really easy, but not so much you want to throw them out of the party. Those are some low-hanging fruits. Like Dandelion from Witcher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is good characters. I'm not going to lie. Right? He's not going to overshadow Geralt. It would never happen. But he's cool. So, yeah, to Minnesota DM, I would say the first thing, yeah, I think you definitely need a sidekick in the party, regardless of whether or not your sorcerer wanted to do more war mage or more thing, because you have a fighter and two sorcerers. And that's just firepower, not a lot of blocking. That's not going to. That's not going to turn well. That's just like my Frost Maiden campaign, you know. I just keep a constant possible TPKs. So, Tony, I would say you, you, that's a great point with the personality, but I would say I don't think Minnesota DM has this problem when he has this halfling cleric named Anya Thissonot riding into battle on a Mastiff. I, I, I'm not at all concerned that Minnesota DM knows exactly how to run some personality because he's introducing the character right the first shot of them tells you, I need to know what is happening. What, who is this Mastiff? Does it speak? What's its name? You know, <laughs> there's so much that I need to know about this, you know? And then I just, I feel like she's going to turn into some sort of kleptomaniac, like a Kender. I don't know. There's so many things that are there. So I want to hear as it happens. Um, I like the sidekick mechanic, like I said, much better than the DMPC for multiple reasons. They seem to be, I haven't played with them, but they seem to be like they're easier to run. They're definitely more interchangeable between DM and another player playing them, depending on what you're running that session. Um, so that's that's the way I would go. And I'm even still considering running a one-shot with everyone being sidekicks. And it's just like a, the bumble, you know, the bumbling crew running through an adventure as sidekick characters. Like, I don't know. It just sounds, it's like young justice, but like. Someone's got to play short round. Yeah, exactly. Short round. Oh my God. Like one of the greatest sidekicks <laughs> ever. Literally a sidekick. Cause he yes. would give many sidekicks. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, and for me, you know, I'm, Dave, uh, I totally agree with what you're saying about uh, about this character, uh, Minnesota DM. I think Anya Thistlenaut sounds really cool, and I think yeah. you're 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 on the right. You've got a personality there. You've got immediately a visual character that your that your kids are going to grok onto, and I, th I think that sounds like a great way to go. My choice between what I make her a DMPC versus what I make her a sidekick would come down to how much I wanted to optimize this character. If you really want to build a character who is on par with the PCs and super optimized and can, you know, where you can dig into it and you have the time to dig into it and figure out how you can make her healing and other and other support abilities really maximize them for your for your party, mm. then I would go DMPC. If you want to do something that's more specifically sidekicky, more specifically, you know, support role that has an interesting person that's more kind of there for its personality and ease of run, I would probably go with the sidekick then. So that to me is your choice, you know, and it has to do with what do you want to achieve, but also how much time do you want to put into it? If you want to put less time into it, I would go the sidekick route because if you're going to go the DMPC route, you're going to need to make PC choices. The nice thing about the sidekick is you're not making a ton of choices when you level up. You're not making hard choices when you level up. So there's some advantages there to the sidekick, uh, sidekick approach. So that's how I'd make my decision. And at this point, also because it's new, I would probably just go with sidekick just because I want to see how it works. And I, and unfortunately, none of us have used the sidekick yet. We do have Tasha's, but all the games are going and we really haven't had need to bring a sidekick in in a, in a little bit of time. Maybe uh, the next one shot we'll get one and we can give some better intelligence on it. But I think it, it looks <laughs> looks like a neat mechanic. Generally not something you need when you're running six, seven, eight players. You know, yeah, generally sidekicks yeah. are usually generally not required. Our players are running sidekick. Bixie is almost more of a sidekick. The way he oh, my God. I will be demanding a sidekick in the next game I play in. I mean, I think our closest sidekick is Justin, our pet Ankylosaurus in Tomb of Annihilation. Well, we I don't have the guide. Good. I don't even know the guide's name. The guide's half useless. Oh, no. Yeah, that guide is Yeah, that guide is literally just a, uh, just pops in every now and then. We, 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 we spent a night choosing our guide, and the guide has been utterly useless. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we haven't that's gotten lost yet, right? We haven't, yeah, gotten, lost. We haven't gotten lost Again, yet. it's one of the, that, that goes right back to my point. Now, I will say it's something that is a guide, right? That's taking you through the jungle. So, you know, 
they should know some things, but it goes back to that idea that, oh, this character is being played by the DM, so they're going to have knowledge. So we're going to pump them for info every chance we get with everything that happens. You know anything about that? Where does that go? Who's that? And I'll tell you, when they don't know, when the DM doesn't have an answer because the DM maybe just hasn't had the bandwidth to make one or hasn't kind of had the bandwidth put into that character. Yeah. It does. It 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 does. Uh, it, it it's it's not the best experience. You know what I mean? It does kind of it does press against your immersion a little bit. We're like, oh yeah, the the guy should know something, and uh, the guy doesn't know that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, really? <laughs> it's tough. That's tough. That's really tough. Like yeah, that. you kind of want to have every character. You, if you're going to put a character in the game, you want to make sure that they're able to contribute and that you can do them justice to contribute. And if you can't, like for instance, like. Like I like like we meet with Quickster because I, I really wasn't gonna run the character anymore. Yeah, maybe it's time for them to jet out. You know, it's you, you can only you should only have the sidekick around as long as you can make them an interesting character that enhances your PC's play. If you can't do that, consider maybe another way to solve the problem. Like maybe you let them use potions as minor as minor actions instead of instead of full actions so they don't TPK themselves. You know. Um, mm. there, there's other ways to solve the healing. We didn't really get into that, but there are other ways to approach the healing problem other than introducing a new character. Um, it's just a matter of getting it out of the PC actions and into kind of some of their more bonus actions or free actions uh, is, is is one solution you can go for with that. So, But as we said, I feel like Anya Thistlenot is probably going to put most of our PC personalities to shame. So, yeah, that's something. You know. <laughs> so. I, I can already picture the PCs petting the Mastiff, you know, slobbering. I mean, yeah, I mean, the the best I have recently is I was like, uh, he's a hippo named Roosevelt, and he has a gun. <laughs> like, I mean, so I'm not, you know, I'm not winning Oscars, okay, people? <laughs> I, I, Roosevelt the hippo is good. I mean, but that is the party, that is the Tomb of Annihilation party, where it does kind of feel like in some ways we're all caricature sidekicks. Mm. Except for maybe <laughs> Istas. Uh, Bonnie's character, it's, this like, is she, like she's kind of serious, super serious, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the rest of us are just kind of goofy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're getting we're we're getting off topic here. Yeah. We're trying to wrap up. So why don't we bring it to an end, uh, guys? It's really good talking to you, talking to you about this. Thanks a lot for hanging out tonight. Good stuff. Thanks for being my sidekicks, guys. You're my sidekick. No. We're all each other's sidekicks at this point. Yeah, we're, we are the party of sidekicks. That's, that's yeah, the three the three wise DMs, more like the three stooges of DMing, oh. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. And thank you all for listening to, at home to another episode of Three Wise DMs. Again, if you want to hear us talk about your question, please feel free to enter it in that What's Your Problem field on our website. Send it to our email address, threewisedms at gmail.com, or talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're always on the lookout for for DMs who, who could use some help. That's what we're here to do. So, and if you like what we're talking about if you like what you're hearing from us please leave us a five-star rating in your podcast platform share it tell your friends all that stuff really helps us grow and we should appreciate any support you can give us plus you might have friends who have your questions they want answered and we'd love to help them as well so that's it for this week we'll talk to you next time three wise dms